Go Gadget Podcast. That was terrible. Welcome back to the Advent Calendar House. A salute to all holiday specials, but mostly the Christmas ones, and that siren in the distance can only mean it's time to spring back to 1992 as Inspector Gadget saves Christmas. I am Toy Ninja Pig that is somehow defective despite sounding awesome Mike Westfall. And joining me is a sentient doll with six extra arms for no reason. It's Chad Young. Hey, Chad. Hello, Mike. <laughs> hey, that was better than mine. Oh, oh thank you. <laughs> I kind of like having six arms. I got to be honest. I'm able to drink my tea. I'm able to have some water. I'm able to have a Pepsi. Corey, that one's for you. And I'm able to listen to more podcasts like this one. Hey, see that multitasking. That's the only time I'll be able to multitask is if I do have six hands. <laughs> first time for everything. See, we're we're knocking some first time uh, things out. There tonight. you go. So right off the bat, I need to correct something we talked about in our real Ghostbusters episode. Oh, what? I what said happened? I said Frank Welker was only Santa Claus in about three or four things because that's what I could find. Did you find more? Yeah, he's in. He's Santa in this. That's right. <laughs> he's the first voice we hear. Ho ho ho! Rise and shine, elves. With a much less maniacal laugh this time. Mm. Not as intimidating. No, not nearly. But Frank Welker, Santa, along with his usual sticks as Doctor Claw and Mad Cat and Brain. And if there's any other animal, even remotely in the background of probably course. yep uh, but before we get to the rest of the cast i want to point out that this is a return of sorts for inspector gadget mm-hmm. the original cartoon series ran from 1983 to 1986 but it was still being rerun on nickelodeon when they made this christmas special in 1992 still very much in the kids zeitgeist oh yeah oh my gosh yes Absolutely. And I think that Nickelodeon had it running enough where you couldn't even really tell that it was <laughs> no new episodes. I think that, uh, I mean, Inspector, Ga- I, Inspector Gadget, I think in the early days was just as uh, recognizable with Nickelodeon as, you know, some of their original programming, you know, uh, the, the, how the today's special and pinwheel and double dare. So, yeah, once it, yeah, once it started, I think it started in '87. I want to say, what um, Inspector Gadget on Nickelodeon? Did it really? I think so. Because, well, I mean, do you watch Knickknacks on YouTube? I do not. What, what what is that? Highly recommend. It's like a a show by show retrospective on Nickelodeon, like every show it ever oh. aired. Oh. Uh, it's my buddy Greg. He he has done. Every Nickelodeon show, and he's just getting into 1987 now, he did uh, the Bad News oh Bears TV show. Holy cow. And I think Inspector Gadget's because he hasn't gotten to that yet, so... Oh, we're beating him there. I think it started at 87, like right after they stopped making new episodes in 86, then they started syndicating mm-hmm. it on Nickelodeon. Oh, uh, wow. Yikes. Interesting. But this premiered on NBC... On December 4th, a Friday night in 1992, Ah. bold move to put Inspector Gadget against TGIF, so I missed it the first time around. By 1992, if it was a Friday night, 
I, I mean, even wrestling could be on, and I probably would have a hard time being torn away from TGIF. <laughs> I must say TPIF, but yeah. um, that's something completely different. Um, no, TGIF, geez, and for a kid especially. Oh, yeah. My gosh, are you, like, I, I don't think, I, I, I geez, I, I, I don't remember I don't remember this airing on TV at all, no. to be honest. Yeah, well, according to the website TV Tango, the 8 o'clock episode of Family Matters that night was a rerun. That's the confidence TGIF had and earned. Are you kidding? In 92, Urkel still had it. So, I mean, yeah. if this was like 93, 94, eh, we may have been stretching it. But I will, I will you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a little... There's two things I need to point out here because you yeah, brought it up. Sure. So 1992. No, wait. Yes. 19. It was 1992 because that's the year I dressed like Undertaker for <laughs> Halloween. <laughs> oh, did you? Yes, nice. I did. And my friend at the time, we used to go. You know, we were we were nine, so you know that's still reasonable age for trick or treating. My friend dresses like Steve Urkel, and he has it down so much that i i mean he was you know he was a chubby white kid but you would have when you heard him talk and walk around you would have sworn that he was being uh possessed by the soul of one uh jaleel white i mean he was just so good yeah now that i think about it 1992 was the halloween of white kids dressing up as urkel yes 100 percent. i remember seeing at least three Oh, that's true. Oh, wow. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Uh, and there, I mean, there had to have been more. It was just because I don't even remember their names. I just, kids in middle school, I blocked out most of middle school. You know what? I've, oh gosh, you know what? It's funny. I have a text uh, group uh, going with uh, the only, like three of the only people I keep in contact with from middle school. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like at that point, it was probably the easiest costume to do. You didn't have to, especially in middle school. You know, you didn't have to put in any effort. Come on. Oh, yeah. Halloween 1992, I was just a generic karate guy. But I ended up, <laughs> because funny. I had, like, blonde hair and a bowl cut, I ended up looking like William Zapka anyway, so double win. Well, see, there, you looked like Owen Hart when he was in uh, high <laughs> I wish. <laughs> oh, gosh, if you only had the pants. Uh. So I have a confession, Mike. Go ahead. And and this is going to kind of pull back the curtain. Okay. You had asked me before if I had seen this. Mm-hmm. I may have not told you the truth when I said that I did. Okay. <laughs> um, but here's the thing. I'm watching this, and what's funny is, it I, as I'm watching this, I'm sitting there thinking, did I see this back in the day? Because I feel like maybe this was played on syndicated you know, TV through the years, I'm, I'm, I'm sure, especially with Deke's, you know, yeah. syndication packages that they... It had to have made its way onto Nickelodeon had. at some point. Oh my gosh, absolutely. But All right, we talked about Frank Welker. Let's get into the rest of the cast. Most of them return for this. We get Don Adams as Expector Gadget, of course. Excuse me, Santa. It's the top secret gadget phone. Duty calls. Inspector Gadget was so popular, it got me interested in watching Don Adams and Get Smart. You know, I, I I legit knew Inspector Gadget before I ever knew what Get Smart was. Oh, yeah. And it took me probably into my 
probably after the movie came out, I didn't realize that this was just get smart <laughs> animated with and he was yeah. robots. Yeah, I didn't realize that till older, and and then I it, it made me appreciate it more. I feel like Nick at Night kind of milked that fact. They didn't start Get Smart long after they started syndicating this, so I'm sure it went hand to hand. Oh yeah, I'm trying to remember whether Get Smart dipped into actual Nickelodeon. I don't know whether I'm remembering like midsummer watching Get Smart at the French House because right. I had a friend who was like huge into Get Smart when it started, and he would like pretend he had a shoe phone and everything. It was. Oh my god. Yeah. What kid did not want that like shoe phone? What what kid didn't want all these amazing gadgets? I know. Oh my gosh. And you know what? There's a lot I know that we're supposed to be on topic, but there's so much to cover with Inspector Gadget. Oh yeah. Um can I I, I do have one story that it ties into Inspector Gadget, but it's not really regarding this. That's okay. It's ninety eight. Okay. And the movie's coming out. Or I guess that they're making the Inspector Gadget movie. Oh, around this okay. Time. Yeah, yeah. So my woodshop teacher, he was like a master at everything. Like, I mean, he was, when you think of like the best woodshop teacher, he, I, he he could do it all. If, if he had a three, I mean, if 3D printing was around back then, he would probably just have gone so over the moon with it oh man so we're talking and i'm just like uh, you know he's like so chad what do you like what do you focus on blah 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 blah. and i'm like yeah horror movies this and that blah 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 blah. and he's like oh well you may not have known this but my brother is a special effects artist out in hollywood and right now he's working on um inspector gadget and i'm like yeah right okay bs (laughs) he was like i tell you what i will get you proof i'm like Go get me proof. Yeah, okay. A week later, he comes back with a special effects testing video of, like, everyone in the warehouse trying out all the items, and uh, I think it was Matthew Broderick. He was trying on a hat, and he was, like, having the flame shoot out, and I'm like, you weren't kidding. Wow. So, he's telling me, like, stories. His brother, like, even uh, helped, I think, helped work on nightmare and elm street movies he's i think he did he did like a million things i think he's still doing special effects but his name is um peter chesney Hmm. and uh he's he's just done special effects his whole life so when the movie comes out his brother sends him a inspector gadget crew shirt for me nice oh and i i don't know where it went oh man no, I had it until it it didn't fit. It was a beautiful image on the back and like on the front I, I think it had the um like the the G in the um it kind of looks like that recyclable triangle or whatever. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And like I treasured that shirt. I don't know where it went. Oh man. But oh my gosh, like that just blew my mind. So as you can imagine, I was excited to go see Inspector Gadget the movie. And for me, honestly, it was not a bad movie considering it was a Disney-fied Inspector Gadget movie. It's exactly what I expected it to be. I kind of knew what was going to happen. I knew what to expect. 
you got to go into those things with the right expectations. You can't go into those things expecting it to be spot on. It And you know what? It, I mean, I haven't watched that movie probably since the year 99, 2000. <laughs> I don't think I have either. I, I don't plan on going back, but it's just like, you know, for that time, that was a, that was kind of fun. Yeah, you I got mean, a good memory of it. That's important. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I don't want that memory ruined, so I don't no, play out there going There you go. Back. That's a good way to preserve it. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> but Gadget in this special, he sings at one point, and I guess Don Adams either yes. didn't want to sing or couldn't for legal reasons or otherwise. I don't know how voice acting works, but they got Maurice LaMarche to provide the inspector singing voice. And I couldn't tell the difference at first. Watching it this time, I can tell where it, it hits, but Maurice LaMarche is so great. Oh my gosh, he's absolutely fantastic. One of the greatest of all time. Yeah. I mean, if if and you look at this cast list, we, we, I mean, we've only mentioned three of the names. It, it's already a, if there was an animation hall of fame, it's already those are the, like I think three first ballot choices. Yeah. And even the fourth one. Well, you know, not I, in I, this one. But uh I will mention real quick. Yeah, well, the only truly new voice in this special is that of Penny. It is not Cree Summer in this special, despite what Wikipedia said when I looked it up in there. IMDb has it right. It's an actress named Erica Horn. Oh, look, Uncle Gadget. Santa's Village. It's a Christmas dream come true. Doesn't have a lot of credits. She was a kid in an episode of Freddy's Nightmares, though. Sounds right. She was on an episode of Major Dad. She was in a Halloween episode of Beverly Hills 90210. The most recent role listed on IMDb for Erica Horn is as a cop in a direct-to-video action thriller called Charlie's Death Wish, starring Mm -hmm. Ron Jeremy and Lemmy. Okay. That exists. You know, it's funny because IMDb does list her as Chris Summer. And it's very clearly not Cree Summer's voice. In fact, no. when I was looking at Wikipedia, I was like, that's not Cree Summer no. at all. I'm not at all. She was busy. Like, were these Tiny Toons was still making new episodes in 92, right? Yes. And whatever else she was doing, she might have been part of Rugrats at this point, too. So she was very busy. It also, was Different World on it? Wasn't she on a Different World? I think, yeah, that was not. Yeah, that was still going in 92. Okay. Wow, and she's still going. Oh, yeah. You know what? Here's the thing. She's she's only 50. And that's just crazy if you think about it. Like, she's been around forever. She's 50? She's only 50, yeah. Yeah, wow. She's still playing. I mean, she's still going. They it's all in, are. They all are. Oh, yeah. I mean, not Don Adams, but. Well, he's very unavailable. I, that, no, that's true. She was also <laughs> on Captain Planet. Yep. Uh, as Karen, which the joke's right itself. Hey, she was you on, leave on, my wife out of this podcast. <laughs> oh, gosh, that's right. <laughs> Living single. Fresh Prince. Yeah, no. Okay. So she, she was kind of busy. It kind of makes sense. There you go. All right. <laughs> So back to Inspector Gadget. First off, we have a cold open at the North Pole as Santa cheerfully wakes up his fleet of elves to get out of bed and get to work. He's got a button that turns their beds on a slant so the elves can slide out of them. That's not okay, Santa. 
No, and not at not at all. Not at all. Right. Who do you who who exactly is Santa's HR department, by the way? Like how do you bring that up? <laughs> I don't I don't think he has one. That's the problem. I don't think he has one. I don't think anyone's going against Santa. <laughs> But spoiler alert, Dr. Claw is hiding in a corner about to hypnotize every elf to do his bidding. But they're already kind of halfway acting like robots for Santa here. Find another day for our milk and pay. Play is work and work is play. Work for me today. <laughs> Jingle bells, elf and bells. I don't know if... Dr. Claus discovered a certain frequency that can tap into an elf's mind, but later we find out he installed microchips into every single elf's hat while they slept, I guess? Uh, sure. <laughs> it works. Yeah. And the elf drones are now under the control of Santa Claus, complete with a red suit and beard covering his face. Chad, have you seen the toy of Dr. Claw with its face? Uh, the old, yeah, the one, the one. Yep. Spoiler: We're just in case, just in case no one's seen it. I'm gonna give you guys. I'm linking to it in the show notes. You know what? I'm. Oh, I was gonna say I'm giving you a two second uh, spoiler spot. One, two. You mean the one that looks like an old man? Yeah. Oh my gosh, it's terrible. It's so I, disappointing. And I didn't see that figure because I could never find it in the stores. So I didn't see it until, like, I think he was shown in uh, in an issue of Toy Fair. I saw it in, like, a bargain bin at some point. I believe uh, that. But the sticker was off of it, and I picked it up, like, oh, that's Dr. Claw. That's it. I think someone one time, I think it was Jay on the Purple Stuff podcast, made the correlation that he looks like the weatherman on The Simpsons. I could be wrong. <laughs> It's either that or it was. Uh, it was. Might have been Jay. Might have been Matt. One of them. It, I think it was one of yeah. them. But when I heard that, I was like, "Oh my gosh, that's like the most perfect thing ever." Yeah, that's <laughs> correct. So Doctor Claw's plan is to deliver defective toys to the world and frame Santa for it. Mm -hmm. He admits there's only one man who can stop him, and his mad agents are taking care of him. Well, there's your first mistake. Oh my gosh. When have these guys ever really, you know, proven to be effective? Exactly. We, we get a montage of mad agents failing to take out Inspector Gadget as he goes about doing various Christmassy things, like decorating his tree, dropping off gifts, and ice skating. And then we never see the mad agents again, so they're that effective. It's just, it's embarrassing. At this point, why are you still employing these people? <laughs> Maybe that's why he's uh, tapping into the elves' minds. Mm, oh, because he oh, because he knows elves will be effective Could and be. they work hard. Mm -hmm. Ah! But while this mad agent montage is going on, it's happening to a new theme song. <laughs> that's the special's first mistake. Why'd they ditch the theme song? I, I, I have no words. That's a top five animated theme song for me, easily. Hey, no argument here. No, but no argument here whatsoever. 
I will say this. I will say this in its defense. Mm-hmm. I feel like Christmas or Halloween specials are the only time you can really pull that off. And it's kind of acceptable. Okay. Like you kind of understand. So, you know, I gave it a little uh, rope there and uh, it's still just, I mean, it's not good, but. No, you know, they tried to make it a thing because I remember it's the same theme song. You ever play the Super Nintendo game, Inspector Gadget? No. It's this theme song. The original isn't in the game either. So I don't know whether there was some kind of licensing issue or they were trying to make this a thing. At least it sounds like a cartoon secret agent theme. But still, no replacement to that classic. Absolutely not. So then we cut to Gadget sitting on Santa's lap at the mall with a long list of things he wants for Christmas. So I talked about this in the last episode. You ever see Deck the Halls with Wacky Walls? Okay, start that over and say it slower. What? Deck the Halls with Wacky Walls starring Wacky Wall Walkers from another planet. They did not turn that into... They sure did. They... No, they did not, Mike. <laughs> Is this because I made you watch Jingle Bell rap? No, I... Uh, but uh, in the last episode of this, my friend Joey and I watched this. But we really, it was just a ruse to talk about the Dr. Fad show, so. Oh my gosh. Oh, Dr. Fad. I, knew, I love Dr. Fad. Yep. I did not know Wacky Wall Crawlers had a Christmas special. It was a one-off thing, but. Wow. Yeah. I'm, yeah. You know what? I found this on online, and I am going to watch this afterwards. And if I hate it, I am. I, oh, you are getting such a message afterwards. <laughs> Well, anyway, so that makes the same joke with but with kids, it's kids sitting on Santa's lap with a huge list of things they want. And it's infuriating when it's kids. But for some reason, when it's an adult like Inspector Gadget, it's goofy and dumb and funny. And I'd like five cases of oil, 159 micro pulleys, a new rheostat, three new trench coats in winter colors. And, well, yeah, because Gadget is the most clueless human being in the world, so it's kind of, like, charming, but at the same time, it's just like, oh, my gosh, I know where this is going. Let's hurry it up. (laughs) Yes, because (laughs) this small Santa turns out to actually be an incognito Chief Quimby, Mm -hmm. also voiced by Maurice LaMarche. Gadget, it's me. No question about it, Santa. Yep. Uh, who gives Gadget an assignment to investigate suspicious activity at the North Pole. Well, actually, the chief has to call him on the Gadget phone to get his attention while he's sitting on his lap just to get him to realize he's in disguise as Santa. Hold on. Yes. So, A, Chief Quimby would have to know that Gadget is going to the mall. So he kind of has to plan his day around this. Well, yeah, that's about right. But and this is going on while Chief is like sitting there with Gadget on his lap, which, you know, whatever. But like, how? Where is the time frame? Like, <laughs> it, what? Is, oh, I'm too old to be questioning these things. Yeah, well, <laughs> we get the old "this message will self-destruct" gag, and Gadget reassures the Chief, "I never litter," and attempts to toss it into the trash. <laughs> But it bounces back perfectly out onto the chief's pipe. First off, here's another case of a cartoon character smoking a pipe. Yup. He's in disguise as Santa, a known pipe smoker, so fine. But surprising from 1992. Well, I don't know. 
I, I, I mean, now, yeah, but, like, back then, I feel like everyone's dad or grandpa smoked a pipe. So, yeah, I, I guess I could see I it, but if I saw Santa smoking a pipe, I'd be like, yo. Pete was still smoking as late as 1999, I think, so it's fine. Oh, well. Hey, you know what, though? What? I mean, Santa's still going, man. So yeah, There you, you know. go. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Secondly, Gadget could have started a trash fire. Oh, gosh, he could have. But you know what? I will say, mm-hmm. in, in all seriousness, this is probably one of the more clever ways that I think that they've kind of done the self-destruction. Like, it just bounces off a uh, trash can lid that just happens to be, like, uh, closing at that moment. I, yeah, they timed that perfectly. I thought it was clever, but in in Deke fashion, it's still kind of stupid. <laughs> You could say that about this whole thing, honestly. Yeah, well, way to almost destroy a mall full of children, Inspector. So, yeah. So, Gadget, Penny, and Brain fly to the North Pole aboard the Gadget cargo plane, which exists. Sure. And it literally drops them off in the Gadget mobile above Santa's village. We get a full minute of him fumbling with several of his gadgets to land safely. Oh my God. If y'all think Siri's bad at listening to you now, voice command was terrible in the 90s. This is prototype Siri, and it is not working. (laughs) The gadget mobile converts to its plane mode and deploys its own skis to land safely. Gadget himself is accidentally ejected via his gadget copter and eventually falls right back into his car, which Penny just drives herself down to Santa's village at the bottom of a snowy hill. Penny's supposed to be between 10 and 12 years old, forced to have to learn how to drive to protect herself and her uncle. Right. Thankfully, no traffic. Yeah. Oh, okay. Good (laughs) point. I like it. Yeah, Santa's Village is pretty sparse. It's one big building and a smaller building. But what I like about this version is the giant candy cane-shaped striped landing strip. Not bad. Very, very practical. Oh, yeah. Little little flashy, though. I eh, Maybe not as practical, but it's a little flashy. Well, he doesn't have any neighbors, so he can get away with that. Okay, yep. <laughs> well, well. No HOA. Where, where are all these elves coming from? Oh, that's right. Well, If he doesn't have neighbors, then how is he getting all these elves? That's an in-house workforce. Okay, good point. Gadget enters the Dr. Claw in the Santa suit. And Gadget is the old, now, where have I heard that voice before? Ah, yes. Late at night, in my chimney. Okay. Santa's not around for people who uh, stay up to, you know, see him. No. So how how did Gadget, how, how, how is Santa coming down your chimney, you know, and you're awake? That ain't gonna happen. <laughs> that ain't gonna, it's just not. Pl- well, it was a bad guess. I don't know. It's different when you're an adult. That's true. Mad Cat's here dressed in reindeer's antlers and can't help himself. He scratches up Gadget's suit and cute little reindeer does cat impressions, too. (laughs) That was good. And and the best part is he's just as adorable as ever. Of course. (laughs) (laughs) Meanwhile, Penny and Brain are looking around just to check out Santa's workshop. They're not even suspicious yet, but here's where they notice something's not right when the elves don't respond to them. Dr. Claw put them all on pause or something. They're frozen in place. Sure. 
Uh, Penny hears her uncle talking to Santa and immediately recognizes Dr. Claw's voice. He doesn't look like Santa to me. I'll have my drones, uh, I mean my elves, show you around. (laughs) It's Dr. Claw! Because of course. Come on, I know he's a robot, but I mean, robots can recognize voices, bro. Is that... Frank Welker's most iconic voice. He's done so many, and it's like... Dr. Claw? Hmm. I don't know. That's like... There's gotta be... Fred. Fred. Maybe Megatron. It, I, I think it depends on the yeah, generation. I guess so. I think Fred. I would say Dr. Claw. I think Fred, Dr. Claw, and Megatron are probably his three most recognizable voices. Okay. And then we throw a boo in, and there's your Mount Rushmore. You just wanted to t- a boo, a boo from Aladdin. Oh, Abu from oh Aladdin. I thought you meant a boo from um like Pac Man. Oh no. my gosh! <laughs> oh my gosh! He wasn't this? He was like a neighbor in Pac Man. Oh, I'm sure he was. I'm also didn't Pac Man have a dog or a goldfish he could have voiced? Oh yeah, he was a uh, sourpuss. And wrong. Inspector Gadget may return after these messages. Cookie crisp, cookie crisp, very cookie crisp. Little cookies, lots of chips that you can't resist. Cookie crook and chip in a one dog open sleigh. Crashing through the snow, laughing all the way. Bells on cops out ring. They're not very bright, but being that it's Christmas time, I'll give them some tonight. Cookie Crisp is the merry part of this complete breakfast. Now there's a Marvel Spider-Man trading card. Three inside specially marked boxes of Cookie Crisp. And now back to Inspector Gadget. Well, anyway, Penny charges Brain now with following Uncle Gadget while she figures out what's going on. And Gadget's got a gadget, so he tells the fake Santa he's going to take a look around and be out of his beard in no time. Then a couple of these entranced elves pick up Gadget using one of those steel balls on a crane with a hook at the bottom. Mm-hmm. Those are called headache balls, kids. So Gadget, of course, thinks they're giving him a tour and showing him around the work stop. Mm-hmm. Starting with the conveyor belt of dangerous toys, and here is where Maurice LaMarche takes over his Gadget singing voice. Whoa! <laughs> On the first phase inspection, good Santa showed to me a mountain bike with Gadget training wheels. On the second phase inspection, good Santa showed to me dolls with extra arms and a ten-speed gadget exercise. Oh my gosh! I'll 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 tell you this. It not only do they put gadget through the ringer, literally. <laughs> I and <laughs> um. They kind of put you through the ringer with these with these these awful awful songs. Oh, this twelve days of Christmas thing he's doing when just went on and it's on. It's just like drums without drumsticks, <laughs> a kite with an anchor. It's just. I wonder uh, if Maurice Lamarche improvised some or all of that because it's really random stuff. Like Toy Ninja Pigs, I can buy you writing in there because yeah. it's right in the middle of Turtle Mania, and they had to throw it in somehow. Oh gosh, yeah. But dolls with extra arms? What? Who wrote this? And you know what? Yeah. I didn't really realize that that was Maurice's voice until I looked on Wikipedia. And it just kind of reminds me of the whole uh, Jim Cummings and uh, 
Jeremy Irons from Lion King. Yeah. Thing. <laughs> yeah. You won't get a sniff without me. So for the cool of the century. Once you hear it, then you're like, okay, I know exactly. Yeah, you can't unhear it. <laughs> exactly, exactly. You can listen right where they switch over. The exact clip, like you can literally hear them yeah. uh, uh, splicing the tape together. Yeah, yeah, it's the splicing that's the problem. It's not Maurice LaMarche's fault. It's not Jim Cummings' fault. Uh, well. Uh, his, his Don Adams impression is fantastic. Well, that's why they had him do uh, Inspector Gadget when he was doing the uh, Gadgetini. Yeah. Because uh, I, I think Don was still alive in 2000, or was it 2000, 2001? Somewhere around there. Yeah, he was still around. I mean, he was, yeah. So, I mean, could Don have still done it? Probably. But, you know, I mean, Maurice, I, I mean, this this was a very big deal for Maurice. So, yeah. It kind of made sense. Yeah. And he, I mean, obviously Maurice can do no wrong. No, you know? absolutely not. Except the, what was that? Um, what was the Canadian cartoon he did? The raccoons. The raccoons. Oh, I got to get the raccoons on here. They're first. They're, no! they're pilots at Christmas special. You know who would be perfect for that? Who's that? You get the atomic geeks on that one. All of them? Or some of them. I will get DJ and Christian, and yeah, I'll get as many as who wants to be on a DJ. Get as many as you can. If, yeah. if, if Downs right. isn't you know, riding around, then yeah. All right. I love Mike Downs, by the way. If you're listening, I love you, Mike. <laughs> the call is out, folks. <laughs> Come on for the Christmas raccoons. Oh my gosh. That's the episode I need this year to complete. You know what? 2020 has been crap so far. That episode would be just incredible. Because I know, I know all three of those guys are just going to be drinking the entire time. Oh, absolutely. I'm going to get an angry message from each and every one of them. Why is Mike Westfall making us watch this crap? <laughs> And thankfully, Brain is here, first disguised as one of the dolls, then as one of the ninjas to keep Gadget safe from harm. But at the end of the conveyor belt, he goes through the ringer in his flattened Judge Doom style, mm -hmm. squirted out of a giant piping nozzle, and then Dr. Claw and the elves send him down through a manhole cover into a snowy bunker where the real Santa has been held prisoner. It's hitting me right now, and I, I, I didn't realize it literally until this moment until we started talking about it is brain supposed to be inspired by charlie chaplin what do you mean because he doesn't talk he kind of dresses up in wild costumes and disguises oh. and he does all these kind of wacky you know kind of things that like a charlie chaplin kind of silent star would be doing i guess so i mean it is frank welker doing random dog voices so that's normal but well, Could be. I, I feel like Frank Welker has a deal. Look, if you put a dog in it, I'll do it. I don't really care <laughs> what it. I might just be. I might just be reaching, but for some reason, I can. I I, I just I'm seeing Charlie Chaplin here. <laughs> <laughs> I never thought about that, but. And I I'm sure I'm the only person on the internet as I Google this. Yeah, I'm the only person that's ever made that. <laughs> never mind. So just ignore me. Keep going. We're making history. Oh, dear gosh. So they send him down into this snowy bunker where the real Santa has been held prisoner. 
Mm-hmm. But since Gadget thinks Dr. Claw is the real Santa, this one must be the fake. So he arrests him. Sure does. <laughs> Inspector Gadget, am I glad to see you. Ho, 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 and a go-go Gadget handcuffs to you. Meanwhile, back on the main level of the workshop, Penny's hiding in a giant jack-in-the-box and figures out Dr. Claw's shipping out broken toys and calls Brain on her watch that took Apple 30 years to make. Way to go. One thing I never understood about cartoons like this that yeah. have video calls, where's the camera? Oh my gosh, good point. Brain's got this apparatus coming out of his collar that includes an earpiece, a microphone, and I guess a cellular wire. No camera. It's it's like in movies when people flash back to other people's memories. I, that's Mr. Science <laughs> yeah. Theater reference. But, <laughs> um. You know, I it, at least with Dick Tracy, it made sense because there was nothing to, you know, you, you it would only be their voices, right? But uh, yeah, I got I got I got no response to that oh. one. I have no idea where they're looking. <laughs> but Penny uses a book, doesn't she? That and her watch. She has the watch to call brain, the computer books to do other stuff. And I guess the computer book. I understand. How did they never make and sell a computer book? I mean, they do now. It's on an iPad, but I get it. Right, yeah. But back then, they could have sold a licensed Inspector Gadget Penny's computer book. You mean just like for like kids to like play with? Yeah, toy, yeah. Oh, my gosh. That would have been amazing. That would have been amazing because I think the only toys that we had before the Tiger toys were was that giant Inspector Gadget that is like probably thousands now. And like the Burger King toys. Yeah. Like there was literally nothing else until those tiger toys. I don't even remember a lunchbox. Sitting on a gold mine, Deke. Yeah, well, (laughs) you're expecting Deke to make good decisions. And that's that's a problem all by (laughs) itself. But Brain explains in his Frank Welker, not quite barking brain voice. (laughs) That uh, Uncle Gadget thinks the real Santa is fake and arrested him, and Penny's apparently reacting loud enough that Dr. Claw's elf drones hear her, lock mm-hmm. her in the giant jack-in-the-box, and move it to a storage shed. Thankfully, she can still breathe in there, but... Right. And also, the reception on her watch is still fine. Santa's got the good Wi-Fi. He, he really does. Yeah. Absolutely. Gotta make sure everything works before it ships it out. You know, and here's the other thing is there's no real way to really have that box closed. She could have kind of just stood up and just been like, you're right. It's a jack in the box. There's a crack. Again, I'm expecting too much from D. (laughs) Jean Chalop. And I I know he's listening. Of course. A huge fan. I mean, he's what else is he doing? (laughs) Why would you do this? (laughs) Well, here's where we cut back to Dr. Claw and find out why he's doing this. It all stems from when he was a, quote, baby claw, and Santa didn't bring him a dirty trick sled he wanted. So, okay, pause. I gotta stop. This is the the Frosty, the snowman deal. Like, the the, the, the awesome magician that thankfully put uh, Frosty out of his stupid, <laughs> stupid existence. He was kind of upset because he didn't get like a toy or something, right? Like yeah. this is usually what supervillains do. They're oh, like, yeah. "Oh, Santa, isn't that what um 
Judge Reinhold did in the Santa Claus. He was upset that Santa Claus didn't bring him a weenie whistle. Yeah, when he was three. First off, I didn't get a My Pet Monster when I was three. (laughs) So, but you know what? You move on. Yeah, but no, it's Dr. Claw, and if he couldn't get what he wanted, no one should. Uh, Okay, he's got... So that's a reason to ruin Santa's reputation, or that's his reason. To be fair, we don't really see Mrs. Claus in here, so... No. I I mean, Santa's kind of just taking it over with an iron fist, so... (laughs) Dr. Claw's onto something, I don't know. Also with an iron fist. (laughs) Seat, there you go. (laughs) That's why no one noticed. Back to Gadget interrogating Santa, not believing him because... So far, you haven't shaken like a bowl full of jelly and refused to go down your chimney. What? And he's like, name your eight tiny reindeer and no coaching from you on the end with the red nose. I feel the need to point out here that they drew all of Santa's reindeer with red noses here. They're all locked in the cell with him. Yup. Also, why does Santa's village have a jail cell? We're learning a lot today. Um, again... I'm going to just go back to that conspiracy theory. Oh, hold on. I have to say it like Jesse Ventura. Going back to that conspiracy <laughs> theory that uh, Santa's just, you know, he, maybe he's become a fascist. <laughs> Could be. Good. Yeah. Not getting the answers he wants out of Santa, the inspector summons his go, go gadget interrogation device, which is a live bird who lives in his hat and plucks a feather for gadget to tickle torture his suspect. Sure. Later, he tries to yank off what he believes to be a fake beard. In case you thought Inspector Gadget was a good cop, despite his incompetence, no, he never was. No. I've always written off Inspector Gadget's gadgets as some kind of collapsible nanotechnology, which is how he can fit all that stuff in his tiny hat. But now there's a live bird in there. And I'm not down with uh, using animals like that. So, Inspector Gadget, you can go F yourself. (laughs) Maybe it's a robot bird. Let's go with that. See, now you're making me look bad. <laughs> I, just told, I just told Inspector Gadget, the most lovable human being in the world, to go F himself. I'm so sorry. Well, Mike. I'll take care of it. Yeah, okay. Thank you. Okay, no worries. Bad, bad chat. <laughs> this whole scene is wrong, and Dr. Claus watching it on one of his Santa Central console monitors with delight. While that's happening, Brain, now disguised as an elf, is just above them, hiding in the rafters like Sting. Nice. And uses a candy cane to steal the key to the jail cell, which is hanging on Mad Cat's antler headband. Claw notices too late, but he notices. But Brain gets to the cell without obstacle, grabs Santa, and runs out of there. So, of sure. course, Gadget once again mistakes his own dog as a mad agent. Mm-hmm. He uses his Gadget lasso to tie up the two, and now that the jail cell is open, goes back upstairs to tell the real Santa, in air quotes, that he's caught the criminals. Yep. Meanwhile, Penny breaks out her computer book to figure out the elves are being controlled by those microchips in their hats. She calls Brain, who's managed to free himself and Santa. They and the reindeer head out to try and stop Dr. Claw before he takes off with the broken toys. Of course, Gadget's still up there with him. And Dr. Claw has had enough with his meddling. So he has the elves secure him. But ha, the little guys have gotten attached to me. Ha ha. 
Whatever, Claw left Santa's controls wide open so Penny and Brain managed to turn off Dr. Claw's frequency and restore the elves to their former Jingle Bell singing selves. Ah, oh, thank goodness. And they immediately start singing. Oh, yeah. I found the controls, Brain. Ooh, yeah. Jingle Bells, Elfin Bells, load up Santa's sleigh. So Santa can deliver toys in time for Christmas Day. Yeah. Like, it's nothing for them. Well, they were in the middle of the song, so it was like snapping back out of a... Okay. Remember when Jerry Lawler was in the Royal Rumble? He, like, started a sentence, and then he got thrown out in four seconds, got back on the mic, and finished his sentence. One of my favorite Royal Rumble moments That was so great. But it's just that. (laughs) It's like, pretty much, I can't make a better comparison. That wasn't even in my notes. I just thought of that one. I love that. (laughs) That's a great way of putting it, honestly. But they're all too busy singing, and Claw escapes to his usual jet and starts to take off on that candy cane runway, towing Santa's sleigh behind him, but Santa himself hops on the back and unhooks it. The still-oblivious gadget tells the fake Santa, Hey, you forgot something! It's a giant candy cane just sticking out of the snow, so Gadget takes it upon himself to tie the hook around the candy cane, and that secures the mad jet in place while the reindeer used the antlers to break off a block of the icy runway and send it and the disabled jet drifting out into the Arctic Ocean. This is the worst Christmas I've ever had. I'll get you for this gadget. I'll get you. I didn't realize that the runway was made of ice. I mean, now it's obvious, but did he make did Santa make it so breakable as a failsafe in case someone tried to take over his operation? Again, going back to the fascist thing, he doesn't want anyone else running it. It's either him or no one. No, I don't. This Santa's weird and disturbing. He's very weird and disturbing. I don't it's like almost it. Irritating. <laughs> But now all of a sudden, Chief Quimby's here to deliver his usual, I don't know how you do it. You know, that that, that should probably cause uh, some pause there. I that, that should kind of alert you that if, if you have such little faith in your number one agent, I think something's wrong with you, Chief. Not Gaddy. <laughs> Like well, he's, he's just he's, surprised. He's, I don't know. Usually it's Penny who calls Chief Gwimby yeah. in just to say, I guess she's always telling him, hey, my uncle's got everything under control. You might want to come out and check it out. Mm-hmm. But never tells him how. So he literally doesn't know how he does it. Just super effective. Sure. No time for sure. thanks, Chief. Christmas awaits. And he sends off Santa's sleigh with a go-go eight tiny reindeer before realizing Penny and Brain are getting a ride home in the sleigh. So Mm -hmm. Gadget Arms grabs it to hitch a ride himself, and everyone sings us out with jingle bells as they ride past the full moon. Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Oh, what fun it is to ride in Santa's open sleigh. (laughs) (laughs) Merry Christmas to all, and a go, go, Gadget, good night. And that's how Inspector Gadget saves Christmas. Once again, mostly by accident. Yeah, I was going to say, this is like, 
Not really Inspector Gadget saving Christmas as much as it is uh, Penny and Brain saving Christmas. Well, but you it's know. always Penny and Brain saving the day. That's it why it's funny. And you, okay, yeah, you've got a good point. <laughs> That's the joke. Of course it is. This one was nice and short, a little off compared to the regular series, but that's only because there's a four-year gap between this and the last episode. Yeah, I, I, I'm trying to remember that when I'm... I'm awfully critical in hindsight of this stuff that we watch, but, like, it, this this just felt like it literally zoomed by, and uh, it... it it's not the worst thing I've ever seen, but no, I don't think I'd, I'd revisit this. It's not like, uh, you know, the Ghostbusters or even that Ziggy that we did. Yeah, it's, I don't it's know a lot of people thing. making this an annual watch, but it's definitely worth a look. And I'm glad we did it. I am, too. You know, and, and honestly, as I'm watching it, like I said, I feel like I had seen it before because it instantly kind of. Not instantly, but as I was watching it, I was like, where have I seen this? I feel like I can kind of envision myself watching it in, you know, my basement as a kid. And I can still whenever I think of like Christmas as a kid, we we had these very strong Christmas candles and I'm sure every family had them. But they were just very uh, like, oh, gosh, they were so strong. They were these red and green candles that smelled like (laughs) mine. Oh, and oh my gosh, uh, I think my mom still has them, but I feel like I could just envision myself watching it in my basement. You so know? as you're remembering it, the smell comes back to you too? Oh my gosh. Okay, Mike. Yeah. Listening. Okay, you'll appreciate this. Mm-hmm. That there's a Disney Christmas album. Yep. Oh, oh I have that one. It, I think. It, okay, so they only, did they only do one? They where did like several, the s- but a lot of them like reused the same songs. The one I okay. had was kind of a collection. It was called Disney's Christmas All-Time Favorites. It starts with Chip and Dale doing the Chipmunk song, and Donald interrupts them. It may have been that. But we had it on 8-track because my dad adored his 8-track wow. player until he died. And um, oh, I'm, it was on 8-track. Why can't I remember? I'm I'm looking at it right now. It is Disney Merry Christmas Carols. Okay, that's the one I had. It's like a blue cover. Yes, and they're all okay. on the cover like yep. green carols. Mine was I, like a repurposed one of this, and they added more songs to it. So it was like okay. it was a it was a thirty three and a third, and there oh, were ten geez. songs on each side. So and they stuffed it with stuff. But it's I'm sure oh. it's a lot of the same stuff. It's that Larry Gross guy who always sings with the yes. uh, Disneyland choir. It's very Irish sounding. Yeah. Um, but they had things like they had a cover of they had a version of the first Noel sung by tiny baby Molly Ringwald. What? Yeah. What? Yes. Dude, I can listen to this album and I'm instantly like five years old again. Mm-hmm. I can smell the candles. I can see the tinsel. I, I mean, I can hear the jingle bells. My mom had this weird thing. These 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 this collection of bells that it. Hmm. it that would play music and they would light up if you'd like. Oh, wow. It's not, it wasn't a button, but it was like a, like a hollow piece of plastic that you had to like squeeze. It was so weird. She got it at a uh, garden store Hmm. and I've never seen anything like it. It's so weird, but dude, I, there are just certain things that if I see them, 
I I can instantly just go back to like 1989, 88, and yeah. that whole era. I can smell the Christmas candles. I can, you know, smell what's in the oven upstairs. I I can, you know, e- even with like Halloween. I mean, mm. oh, absolutely with Halloween. Oh my gosh, it's oh, it's, it's incredible. Yeah, it, it's also <clears throat> weird to other people who have no idea what I'm talking about. No, but- I know what you're talking about. That's why this podcast exists. Exactly, <laughs> and that's why this podcast is so beloved. Hey, thanks. You're very well. But this is not the only Christmas special starring Inspector Gadget, so we might have to revisit one of his later adventures. There are several spinoffs and even a sequel series, a few of which got a Christmas episode. So I'm just going to run them through real quick. Oh, no, don't bring up Gadgetinis. Oh, they've got one. But first, first, there's a show called Gadget Boys Adventures in History. About a child version of Inspector Gadget traveling through time. Mm -hmm. And in 1998, he traveled to Turkey in the year 325 to save the historical St. Nicholas from being kidnapped. Sure. In 2002, the Gadgetinis, or little robot clones of Gadget to replace Brain, had a Christmas episode called Santa Claw. And it sounds a lot like this one. Go to the North Pole, save Santa from Dr. Claw. And then a 3D animated sequel series, which I haven't watched. Apparently, there was an episode in 2017 called The Claw Who Stole Christmas, which involves nanobots. Because, of course, it does. Nanobots. I I think I don't think I watched that. That's the one where, like, nobody from the original series was around, right? No, it started like it's it's only five years old. This new series. Okay. Well, we may or may not revisit these someday. But for now, Chad, if people want to take you on a conveyor belt tour of their damaged goods operation, where can they find you on the Internet? (laughs) Let's start with uh, at Twitter uh, (laughs) at or Twitter at Horror Movie Barbecue uh, at Chad's Fig Oramas. I'm still new to that one. So what's that? So that's just me kind of doing like action figure dioramas. Oh, how did I and, not know uh, about this? I don't. Jeez, oh, I I've advertised it, Mike. Um, um you can check me, uh, Tommy Coombs and Derek Boyer out on TPIF. That is in your uh, Apple iTunes feed uh, because I'm too lazy and I don't really want to go to the effort to put it on other ones. But <laughs> uh, and Instagram, Facebook, Horror Movie Barbecue, and HorrorMovieBarbecue.com. Yes. Which eventually I'll re-update and actually post something, but you know, I, I don't know. Well, it's a good, it's a good home base for all things Chad. That that that's true. That's very true. Gotta have one. All I have is this podcast, so it's AdventCalendar.house, and you can follow the show on Twitter at AdventCalHouse. I keep it simple. I don't want to have to deal with Facebook comments. So nope, 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 absolutely not. Well, tune in next time when we switch holidays for Monday the 13th. For now, for Chad Young from inside a tiny hat crammed next to a bird that may or may not be a robot, this is Mike Westfall saying, careful of the icy patch. I'll get you next time, Gadget. Next time. The Advent Calendar House is part of the Christmas Podcast Network, located conveniently at christmaspodcastnetwork.com. Hi everyone, I'm Dwayne from the Tinsel Tunes Podcast. 
and I have a questionably unhealthy obsession with Christmas, and I love Christmas music. So come with me on a journey as I go into detail about the history and stories behind a wide range of Christmas music. For instance, did you know that Silent Night has the honour of being the most recorded Christmas song of all time, and has been recorded over 137,000 times by separate artists? Or that White Christmas was actually written in the height of summer? Each song, either recent or a golden oldie, has a background, and I want to share them with you. Come join us for our second season and listen at tinseltunes.com. We are on all the main podcast services, or you can find us with a simple Google search. Also follow us on all the social networking platforms, and I hope to interact with you soon. Next time on the Advent Calendar House... Halloween is in danger of disappearing forever. Oh, no more Halloween. Say, it isn't so, Master. Of course it isn't so. Who could have started such a rotten rumor?